0: I don't know if you notice. I walked up the stairs without a hitch, and that's thanks. That is that is thanks to all of your prayers. So I had a knee replaced five weeks ago. I'm like six weeks ahead of schedule. So the Lord has blessed me, but I think it really has come through, you know, a body that can, you know, I'm an overachiever, so that's part of it. But but I think the most important part of it is because of all the prayers that I've received across the diocese. So I deeply appreciate that. So thank you. Keep it up. Just a, new, a note to, to keep it going. I'm going to have the other one replaced. And so in the near future, so um, just keep me in your prayers and probably till the end of the year. <laughs> and that's just for my body. Yeah. And then you can continue on after that for my ministry as well. So hey, welcome, everyone. It's just great that we're able to gather again. Um, obviously, it's been two years since we've come together, and um, I just want to say that I really have missed all of you, truly. So give yourselves a hand. Yeah, I've missed you at different kinds of gatherings like this that we normally have, but because of COVID, obviously, you all know I haven't really been going out across the diocese that much. you know, for various reasons. So that's one of the things I have really missed is getting out in the parishes on the weekends. But um, so hopefully um, we'll be back to that soon. Yeah, I want to thank all of you for your support of vocations and our seminarians. I think you are, all of you, because of that beautiful support, are such a blessing to our diocese, truly. And the seminarians appre- appreciate you as well. Because not only is the diocese a benefactor of your generosity, your support, and your prayers, but in a very, um, in, in a, in a very close way, um, these seminarians, these here in the, in the flat ones that you see around the room, <laughs> who are off studying tonight and hopefully praying for this gathering, um, they really do appreciate all that you do for them. And so um, thank you, thank you. We had a great day of golfing yesterday, um, so I want to thank all those who have participated, all the sponsors for that. It was a wonderful day, and obviously a great meal this evening, and uh, you know, a special thanks for the people here at Horizons that have provided this so wonderful meal. So, I want to begin with a question. How many of you are baptized? Raise your hand. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, why did I ask that question? Because I look out, as I look out over all of you, I see with my own eyes 200-plus vocation recruiters. (laughs) Right? We have two vocation directors, and we have a director of seminarians. Father Bill talked about, they're like, they catch them, they put them in the water, and then he puts them where they need to go, right? But how do they get in the water in the first place? Well, they get in the water in the first place through vocation recruiters. How, have you, how many have been baptized? <laughs> so you're a vocation recruiter, right? You maybe never thought of yourself as, as that. But whether you realize it or not, you are baptized into vocation work. And all of us, Christians, Catholics, the only choice we have is whether to want to live out our baptismal call, this life in Jesus, sharing in Christ's saving work. Right? What was part of Christ's saving work other than inviting people to follow him, right? And in particular, inviting men into an active role in this new church that he came to establish that you and I, all of us, have inherited, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously we know that without priests there would be no sacraments, no priest, no Eucharist. So we all feel, I think, the effects of the shortage of priests in the diocese, at least I do, and those who are on the personnel board, <laughs> um, we do. And so it's important that each of us in our own way really become these active, active vocation recruiters. But we must learn how to do that, right? How many of you know how, how, many of you know how to be a recruiter? <laughs> there's a, there's a, how many of you don't know how to be a recruiter? <laughs> so one of my roles is, as a bishop, I have a teaching role in the church, right? So I'm going to teach you tonight how to go out and recruit. Are you Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Ready? So what I'm going to share with you are a few effective habits of vocation recruiting. These are not my original thought. I just want to put that out there. But they're good. I like like them anyway. But I ran across them and I thought they would be worthy. As as, as the teaching figure of the diocese, I thought it would be worthy of sharing them. So listen carefully. One habit, the first one, is putting the Eucharist at the center of vocational work. In other words, we all should be spending time with the Lord in prayer, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, if possible, asking for a fruitful harvest. So put on your mirror when you go to bed tonight. Lord, please give the Diocese of Davenport. The Diocese of, that's like where I became. That was like 20 years ago. (laughs) The Diocese of Saginaw, make it fruitful for vocations, right? asking for this fruitful harvest. In other words, pray and pray and pray and pray some more. That's the first, I think, and most important thing. The second habit is invitation. Let me share with you a survey from the U.S. bishops. It's kind of a little study that was done because it pertains to all this. 78% of those being ordained, began considering the priesthood after an invitation to do so from a priest or someone else. 78%. Think about that. 78%. So we know invitations are important. I shared with you two years ago at this banquet how life-changing an invitation was, that it impacted my life, that led me down the path to priesthood. And actually, it's it's led me to being in front of you this evening. So invitations are important. Never, ever, ever underestimate the value of an invitation. It's not complicated. John, you're faithful at Mass every week. You know, you're involved in things. You know? Have you ever thought I mean I see qualities in you that you would be a good priest. Have you ever thought about the priesthood? Now how hard would that be? Right? There's, people, there's young people in your parishes that fit that description. So I'm going to challenge you, when you see someone like that, whether it's somebody that has gifts to be a priest or someone in religious life, you need to ask them, have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about it? The third thing is regarding um, Well, let's put it out there this way. Faith-filled fathers are important. Faith-filled fathers are important. There There are exceptions, but the general rule is that priests come from committed families in which the father has a very active role in the family's faith life and spiritual life. Friends, this cannot be overstated. In fact, studies show that if fathers are active spiritual leaders in their families... They're active spiritual leaders in their families. Their children are 80% likely to remain in the church. 80%. That's pretty high in the culture in which we live today, right? If they are not actively involved as spiritual leaders in their family, they are only 30% their kids are only 30% likely to remain in the church. In other words, 70% likely to stop practicing their faith. So we see clearly how important the role of a spiritual father is within a family. And it could be a spiritual grandfather, too. It's not just the father, you know. But are the, are we, we bring raising our kids around with a real spiritual dimension to their lives in, in a secular culture in which we live. It's a real challenge, but I know you're all up to it because it's part of your role as a vocation recruiter, <laughs> right? Don't forget that. And this is more the second, this fourth thing is more regarding the priests. Oftentimes vocations happen because there's interaction with priests. So if the priests take time to engage the young men in their parishes, it's high, it highly impacts their decision to discern the priesthood. Right. So, my dear fathers, we have a lot of work to do, don't we? And then the, the fifth thing that they mentioned in this article was the attendance at World Youth Day. Um, World Youth Day has had, a, has had a, a dramatic impact on vocations all across the country. I mean, I've heard in my years as a priest so many vocation stories where, where World Youth Day led guys to a deeper conversion to Jesus, and then Jesus led them to the priesthood. So it's really all about leading others, asking the Lord to lead us ourselves through our own personal conversion, but helping to facilitate in some way, um, lead, you know, a conversion of others, but only, obviously, the, only the Lord and the Holy Spirit can do that. So, but anyway, these are just a few important effective habits of vocational recruiting. You got it? How many of you took notes? <laughs> so... So now that you know you're all vocation recruiters, I mean, this is not really new information, um, as I said, but so, all of, so all, all of you can, this is what you can do for me. A huge favor, right? And the diocese. So are you willing to help? OK, that's so all I'm asking. Four little things. The first one is pray for vocations. I know you are, but I know some of you are not doing this every day, right? Be honest. I'm not doing it every day. So if I'm not doing it every day, (laughs) truth be known. So pray for vocations daily, okay? And then invite young men and women whom you feel have the gifts, talents, and disposition for a vocation to the priesthood or consecrated life. Ask them to think about it. And then let them know that you will be praying for them. That's, That's an important part of it, too. Well, Johnny, have you ever thought about a priest? No, good. Well, I'm going to be, instead of ending the conversation, I'm going to be praying for you that the Lord reveals to you what he desires for your life. What does that do? Hopefully, it encourages the person you're speaking with, but it also helps them to realize how important prayer is and that now they have someone whom they may know or may not know very well. Actually praying for them, because you have told them that. And then carry that out. And then find ways to help engage young people in their spiritual life. I think it's important. And this is the last thing. Finally, share with them your own faith story. Right? Why is that important? Our faith, when we share it with others, inspires others. Right? It affirms other people's faith. Right? It's important share your own faith story whenever you can get in spiritual conversations around the di- around the dinner table get in spiritual conversations with your friends out at a restaurant around dinner it's not hard you know let them know where how god is impacting your life and that will inspire others to perhaps to think about god any right. a little bit more but more than that to think about yeah the Lord has, as I think about it, the Lord has really impacted my life in ways I really never th- don't think about too often. So it's important. It'll inspire others. You know, in the words of St. Peter, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for the reason for your hope. And do it with gentleness and reverence. Amen? Amen? Okay, that's it for me. You know, but it is my understanding that we now are going to have a little bit of in- entertainment. Um, I don't really know all the details. I know some of the details, but in some ways, to me, it's still a great mystery. So we'll all enjoy this entertainment together. All right? And so God bless you all. It's great to be with you.